The Fibber McGee and Molly Show. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. We'll join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. There's one question that probably causes more sleepless nights than all the others put together. It goes something like this. How can I save money when I hardly earn enough to keep going? That is a serious question because it involves your future and your family's. But it's not hopeless. True, it's not easy to save money at first. But once it becomes a habit, it's the simplest thing you ever did. Provided you choose a plan like the payroll savings plan for buying United States savings bonds. It's the easy, painless way to ensure your future security. Just ask your employer to save a few dollars from your paychecks. Every time enough money accumulates, your employer buys your savings bonds for you automatically. Those bonds now mature in less than 10 years and pay you $4 for every $3 you put in. The payroll savings plan can mean extra money for your future. Join today. You'll feel more secure tomorrow if you buy United States savings bonds today. Beautiful, dearie. Yes, it sure was. You have been listening to an hour of recorded Christmas carols featuring some of America's foremost choral groups. Your station is WVIS in Wistful Vista. Turn it off now, huh? Got it. Ah, this is a mighty fine life, sweetheart. Yep. Cozy fire in the fireplace. Beautiful Christmas tree with presents piled around it. Good friends dropping in all day. Hasn't it been a wonderful Christmas? Christmas will always be wonderful, Molly, as long as I got you. Well, what a nice little speech. Aren't you sweet, dearie? That's what everybody says. Yep. Now at the Elks Club, they all say, ain't McGee sweet? Around Kramer's drugstore, they say, that McGee, he sure is sweet. <laughs> oh, dear. Over at the Chinese laundry, they say, Hong Gao Fu Yak, which translated means... Mr. McGee is sweet? No, that means if Mr. McGee beefs once more, I'm going to starch his undershirts. <laughs> Ah, you're cute. Hey, did you like your presents, kiddo? I mean, did you really like them? You know, were you surprised? Completely surprised. Good. The perfume was the biggest surprise, of course. Yeah, I knew it would be. I said to myself, he gave me perfume the last three years, so I know he won't give me any perfume this year. That's what I told Doc Gavin when I bought that perfume. I told him you'd figure it that way, so I knew perfume would surprise you. And the purse, it's just beautiful. Perfect. Yeah, I picked it out myself. I could tell. I figure if I got your brown purse, you'd have to wear brown with it, see, and black purse would... Just go with black clothes, so I got a purse that'll go with anything. Red, green, purple, and orange. I love it. Boy, this robe sure is a knockout. Feel like a millionaire in a silk robe. Never had a silk one before. It becomes you, dearie. How'd you know I wanted a silk robe? You didn't swipe one of them letters I wrote to Santa Claus, did you? <laughs> if you mean those little notes that said, Santa baby, bring me a silk robe that you left pinned to the shower curtain and pasted on my compact mirror and under your plate at breakfast. No, I never noticed them. Just shows to go you that when two people live together as long as we have, you can read my mind. Yes, even the fine print. Don't forget, Christmas isn't over yet either. Don't forget, I'm taking you out for dinner tonight, any place you name. And the swankier, the better. 
That's just going to be wonderful, McGee. But do you think you should spend the money? You know, you spent so much on me. Forget it. Money's no objection. Hmm, what's money? Besides, I got the dough all saved up for this. Well, there's some wonderful places to eat. You just pick the place, that's all. Pierre's, the sump room at the Ritz Vista. How about the snark room down at Carol's restaurant? Well, it ought to be someplace so special. I think I'll get the paper and look through the ads. Look out for the Christmas tree, kiddo. I see it. You know, I think we should have put this tree in the corner there, McGee, instead of out in the middle of the floor like this. It's too pretty to stick away in a corner. I don't want anybody to miss this tree. (laughs) No one's missed it so far. Everyone's bumped into it at least once. Yeah, but you notice when they finish putting the ornaments back on, they always say it's a beautiful tree. That's because... Company. Merry Christmas. Come in. And a Merry Christmas to you, my dear. And even to you, sonny boy. Oh, thanks, Doctor. Watch the tree. Watch it. <laughs> Gee, I'm sorry. It's a little close between the tree and the doorway here. Where'd this ornament fall from, Molly? Did you notice? Just hang it back any place, Doctor. That's it. Ah, it's a beautiful tree, Molly. In fact, your whole house looks pretty. All the Christmas decorations and everything. This is a rough time for a bachelor, you know that. Well, we feel pretty fortunate, Doctor. It's been a wonderful Christmas. Yep, and I'm going to wind it up by taking her out to the snazziest place in town for dinner, Doctor. Got any suggestions? Oh, there are a lot of good places to eat. The swankiest place in town, of course, is that new English spot, Marlborough House. Oh, I heard Mrs. McDonald, the president of the Third National Bank's wife, tell about it. They say it's great. Oh, if it's good enough for the banker's wife, it's none too good for us, Tootsie. Do you know anybody there, Doc? Yeah, Miss Callahan and I eat out there quite often. Mm-hmm. Know Lord Cobbleton very well. Oh. Lord Cobbleton? He's the mater D. Mention my name. He'll give you a good table. Where? In the kitchen? Oh, gee. Well, that's what Doc considers a good table, right next to the roast beef. <laughs> right, Ducky? As a matter of fact, Ducktail, when I'm sitting across the table from Miss Callahan with the candlelight and the soft music... I don't much notice what I'm eating. A likely story. She's a pretty girl, Doctor. Molly, if you could have seen her out there the other night in her new blue formal... (sighs) Formal? She wears her formal to dinner? Oh, sure. Everyone dresses for dinner at the Marlborough. Oh, you'll love it out there. Well, I gotta get moving, kids. I'm picking Doris up in 20 minutes. We're going down to Bijou. Yeah, what you gonna see? What's the main feature? Her beautiful blue eyes. Oh, sure. Merry (laughs) Christmas, kids. So long. Well, I think the love bug has bitten a big chunk out of the doctor, dear. Yeah. You'll never miss it, kiddo. Hey, that Marlboro sounds like quite a joint, you know it? Don't say I never take you out, kiddo, because this is your night. Wonderful. I'll go upstairs and get out my tux and... Oh, I don't know. That sounds awfully stuffy to me, McGee. It's only five o'clock. Relax a while. Let's think of another place. Yeah, any place at all, Tootsie. You just name it and by George, we'll have it. <laughs> in a minute. The tradition of religious freedom and of religious worship in America goes back to the very founding of our country. The cornerstone of our Declaration of Independence is a statement that all men are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. So in these days of world crisis, when our nation and all its citizens need spiritual strength and guidance, all of us should think again of what religion means to us and to our country. More than anything else, it is religious faith that protects our families, our homes, and our nation. It is religious faith that makes our way of life possible. And it is religious faith that makes that way of life worthwhile. The churches of America symbolize the belief that through community worship we can gain the moral strength and courage to lead a good life. Wherever you are, whatever your faith may be, be sure to attend and support the church or synagogue of your choice. Take your friends and neighbors with you to church or synagogue. 
Light their life with faith. Bring them to worship this week. What about that new steak and chops place out on the highway? What do they call it? The Chapadero? Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty far out. Traffic's probably awful bad, too. I, oh, I know. What about the circus room at the plaza? That's a popular spot. You know, the waiters wear clown suits and the maitre d' wears a top hat and cracks a whip. Pretty noisy. <laughs> it's noisy there, isn't it? I don't care much for dinner music played on a calliope, either. I tell you what, let's make it the Ritz Vista, the sump room. It's well with me, kiddo. This is your present. Their food is the best in town, and the service is good. We could dance a little, We huh? can dance all night if you want to. This is your night. Oh, wonderful. Stir up the fire a little, will you? I'll put another log on it. There. That ought to keep a while. Nothing like a fire in the fireplace. Isn't it pretty? Like I say, everything's going to be just the way you want it tonight, Molly. I'll dance. I won't argue with the head waiter. Won't make snide cracks about the food. I'll even tip the hat check girl without beefing. And we'll take a taxi cab. Both ways. How's that? Wonderful. I just want to make this a perfect Christmas for you. It is a perfect Christmas, dearie. You're the sweetest husband any girl... Oh, point killer. Come in. Merry Christmas, folks. Well, the same to you, Wimp. Merry Christmas, Mr. Wimple. Come in. My, your house looks so Christmassy. I love an open fire. Sit down, boy. Here, let me take that big package off your hands. Oh, thank you, Mr. McGee. I'm sorry I'm so late with your Christmas present. Oh, now, you didn't need to bother, Mr. Wimple. Heck no, boy. You didn't have to buy us anything. Well, you've both been so nice to me, letting me stay here while my wife was away and everything. I just wanted to bring you a small token of... A small token, he says. Look at the size of this box, will you, Molly? From the silver shop, too. Well, get the scissors. Oh, that isn't for you. That box is a gift my bird watchers group just gave me. Oh. I haven't had a chance to open it yet. I have your present here somewhere. Oh, dear. I had it right here in my vest pocket. Oh, well, don't worry. I mean... I must have dropped them someplace. They were the cutest miniature salt and pepper shakers. Two little eagles. The one with the bald head was the salt. Oh, I feel terrible. No, well, so do I. From the size of this box, I, I mean, I, I mean, well, I feel bad, too, losing out on a fascinating gift like a bald-headed salt shaker. Maybe they'll turn up. I'll look at home, because surely they may. Yeah, not... bring them by any time, Wimp. No hurry. We're getting ready to get dressed now and go out right now, anyhow. I'm taking Molly out to Christmas dinner. We're going to get all dressed up and go to the sump room, Mr. Wimple. Oh, that's a wonderful place. And very popular, too. I only take my wife to the best spots, of course. I won't keep you because you really should get started. I passed her on my way over here and the lobby is jammed. People are waiting clear out on the sidewalk. Oh, really? You won't have to wait more than a half hour, though, because when they're crowded like that, the waiters work very fast and they rush the customers through pretty quickly. Oh, they do, huh? We've never been there when they were really crowded. Be sure and watch out for the little jumpy waiter with the bald head. He snatches your plate when you get up to dance. Well, have a pleasant dinner and Merry Christmas. Oh, thanks, Wimp. Thanks, Mr. Wimple. Same to you. I didn't want to go to the sump room anyhow. Me neither. Plenty of better places in town to eat than getting your plate yanked out from under you just because you get up to dance by an eager waiter. Of course there are. Hand me that paper. I'll pick out the perfect spot, because for you, Tootsie, I want We won't need the paper, dearie. I know just the place. Good, good. I've been thinking about it all afternoon. And there's only one place I want to be this Christmas evening. Just name it. Right here. At my own fireside. With you. Yeah, but I promise to take you while I mean to. Oh, gee, Molly. That's swell. I'll call the delicatessen and order some sandwiches. Good. Put another log on the fire. Okay. Ah, what a wonderful Christmas.
and Molly will be right back. Each night, we at NBC take great pleasure in bringing you such fine programs as the Fibber, McGee, and Molly Show. For it is such programs as this that have throughout the years helped to build your confidence in the NBC radio network. When you set your dial to this station, you know that you will hear the finest of all radio entertainment. In sending these programs into your home for you to select freely without payment of any kind, the National Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations always assume the role of guardians of good taste. When you set your dial to the station where you hear the familiar three chimes, you know that you will hear only programs which can and will be listened to and enjoyed by your whole family. And today on Christmas, as on each day of broadcasting throughout the year, the NBC reaffirms to you its earnest hope that its programs will always be welcomed in your home and in all homes throughout America. Set your radio dial to the familiar three NBC chimes, your invitation to the best in radio entertainment. happy a Christmas as we've had this year. And we hope all the days of your life are as happy as this Christmas day. Good night. Good night, all. NBC has brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed with Bill Thompson as Wallace Wimple, Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble. This is John Wall inviting you to be with us again next Monday night for another visit with Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Today's the day to start enjoying your new kitchen radio and the great lineup of shows on the NBC Radio Network.